What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Bridgman-based Eagle Technologies, the maker of factory automation equipment, has been sold to a Detroit-based firm. More from WSJM's Ken Lundberg. Back in 1953, Eagle Technologies was established as a tool and die company. Today, they provide custom robotics and factory automation in every major industry, aerospace, medicine, food, and transportation. The company's nearly 300 employees in southwest Michigan are a big presence in the region. The sale to Detroit-based Convergix Automation did not come as a surprise to Cornerstone Alliance CEO Rob Cleveland. We certainly think it's a, a great news for the community because, first of all, it'll, it will ensure that Eagle Technologies will stay in our community and that they will continue to grow. Cleveland said in addition to the existing engineering jobs, Eagle Technologies has a vibrant apprenticeship program that they expect will continue, even under the new owners. A press release notes that Mike Koziel will remain in an advisory role and its president, Brandon Fuller, will continue in his current leadership role. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. A Benton Harbor City committee has declined to advance a Cornerstone Alliance proposal for the improvement of an alley downtown, with members making the discussion more about Cornerstone than the proposal itself. At a meeting of the city's Planning and Economic Development Committee last week, Chair Dwayne Seats said Cornerstone's plan to turn the alley behind the first block of West Main Street into an entertainment space wouldn't benefit residents. And just beautifying one alley in Ben Harbor, we got alleys and the residents can't even drive down, have no concrete, don't even have dirt, got trees, mattresses, motorcycles, cars, everything else in the alley. And we're talking about beautifying this one alley going to help Ben Harbor and make it look better. Seat said the proposal represented Cornerstone strong arming the city by trying to push through a plan for the downtown area. Commissioner Sharon Henderson said the proposal should still be considered by the full city commission. I agree. Cornerstone has not been the best partner in this community. There are things that they have done that have not helped residents in the, in the city. But I also think that when there's an opportunity to improve the quality of life, regardless of how small it is, I think we have an opportunity to do that. Seats wasn't having it, though. The alley idea was not advanced to the full city commission. Assistant City Manager Alex Little said the proposal was intended to make the area more attractive to visitors. He noted many cities are doing similar things, including Bridgman with its courtyard project. The project to design and install two companion monuments to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in both Benton Harbor and St. Joseph now has an end in sight. The Unified Civic Monuments Project announced today they have raised more than 60% of the needed $850,000 for the project and intends to complete the installation in June of 2024. Last week, the St. Joe City Commission approved the final design for the St. Joseph Monument. Project co-chair and Benton Harbor City Commissioner Edward Isom attended the meeting. The main thing I love about this project is the unity. These two cities can come together and unite, and this project is doing that. I went through a lot to get it moving at my city commission because, you know, we didn't feel it. Some of them didn't feel it, and some told me. God told me to keep pushing this, you know, and we're here. The first-of-its-kind Twin Cities project started as an idea in the minds of African-American history and literature gallery founders Mack and Sharon Brown 15 years ago. They stressed to complete the project by next June, they still need to raise more than $300,000.
You can donate at unifiedmonuments.org. April is Alcohol Awareness Month, and the Berrien County Health Department is talking with teens about the dangers of underage drinking. Prevention specialist Lisa Peoples-Hurst tells us many people think vaping is the biggest problem substance with young people, but... It's actually alcohol. The last time that we got some stats for last year's campaign, it was 29% of all high school students said that they had had alcohol in the last month. This year, that did go down some to 25%, but alcohol is still the number one substance used by our kids. Her says the health department talks to young people about how introducing alcohol to a developing brain can cause problems. It's believed the human's brain is not finished growing until well into their 20s. Another part of the department's message is refusal skills, which her says can be a major challenge for young people when avoiding alcohol. The health department will be making presentations in schools, and we have a link to more information for parents and teens at our website. Indiana Michigan Power is planning four new solar power plants in Indiana. Spokesperson Tracy Warner tells us the sites will generate enough power for about 200,000 homes if approved. This comes as INM prepares to close down its last coal power plant in Rockport, Indiana. So will these four solar plants make up for the loss of the coal plant? It's a major stride towards it. And we actually have issued a request for proposals for more renewable energy. So they are major strides towards meeting that. Warner says INM is shifting its power sources to renewables as part of the goal to have net zero carbon emissions by 2045. Will it build any additional solar plants here in Michigan? We have issued a request for proposals for additional renewable energy, both solar and wind, and battery storage for that matter. And certainly Michigan is one of the areas that we will accept proposals from. The nearest of the four plants will be in Elkhart County. Assuming regulators in both states approve the plans, it's hoped the new solar plants will be up and running by the end of 2027. There's a new service available to Berrien County veterans to learn about opportunities available to them in a timely fashion. Berrien County Veteran Services Office Director Maureen Adams tells us Vibe is a communication channel that will send alerts to the phones of those signed up. She says that she's been looking for something like this for a while. We've tried billboards, we've tried newsprint ads, uh, television ads, but this is something that you know is going to be able to allow us to send information out in the moment. Adam says Vibe could be used to tell veterans about all kinds of services. Many times I have employers come in looking to hire a veteran or a landlord looking to rent property to a veteran, and I just have not had the means to get the word out there. So I'm really excited about this opportunity. A veteran can sign up for Vibe by scanning a QR code with their phone, or they can call the Berrien County Veterans Services Office and ask staff to manually sign them up. They can also opt out whenever they wish to scan the QR code, to sign up for Vibe, just go to the Facebook page of the Berrien County Veteran Services Office or call them. And the United Way of Southwest Michigan has been named one of the best nonprofits to work for by the Nonprofit Times. It came in 14th overall for 2023, and this is the fourth time the organization's made the publications list. Each year, the Nonprofit Times looks at the practices, programs, and benefits while surveying employees for their perspective on the best nonprofit employers. A few hundred data points are compiled and analyzed to find the best of the best. United Way of Southwest Michigan President Anna Murphy says the organization is, quote, very proud of this accomplishment because we do have a special internal work environment at UWSM, and we're pleased to see it acknowledged in this high-profile way. WSJM at News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun.
Former President Donald Trump traveled to New York today to face charges related to a hush money payment to adult film star Stormy Daniels. The charges will be unsealed tomorrow, the day that Trump is arraigned. New York officials are preparing for possible demonstrations outside the courthouse where Trump's expected to be. ABC's Aaron Katursky has more from the courthouse. This case was never supposed to be brought this way on its own, necessarily. It was all part of a larger look that the district attorney's office here took into Trump's business dealings, how he valued his real estate, how he uh, handled his statements of financial condition. Uh, So this is just one narrow slice, and there may yet be more as the district attorney's office continues its investigation. Trump is currently at Trump Tower in New York. As he prepared to head to Manhattan, the nation's largest city was bolstering security and warning potential agitators that it's, quote, not a playground for your misplaced anger. Trump's journey from his Mar-a-Lago club to the airport in Florida took him past supporters waving banners and cheering the former president as they slammed the case against him, stemming from those hush money payments. The scene was quite different in New York, though, where Trump built a national profile in business and entertainment, became deeply unpopular as he moved into politics. Meanwhile, the White House says it's in touch with state and local authorities and watching closely for any potential threats in response to the arraignment tomorrow. And President Biden was asked about the possibility of unrest. ABC's Karen Travers has more. While touring a manufacturing facility in Minnesota Monday, President Biden gave his most extensive comments yet on the indictment of former President Donald Trump. The president was asked if he's worried about unrest in response to Trump's arraignment Tuesday in New York. No, I have faith in the New York Police Department. President Biden has not weighed in yet on the actual indictment of former President Trump, saying in response to many questions last Friday, he was not going to talk about it. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Florida residents will be able to carry concealed guns without a permit under a bill signed by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. DeSantis signed the bill today during a private ceremony after the legislature passed it Thursday. It will allow anyone who can legally own a gun in Florida to carry one without a permit. It means training and a background check will not be needed for people to carry concealed guns in public. The state now has nearly 3 million permit holders. A bill signing comes five years after former Governor Rick Scott, a Republican, signed a bill creating gun restrictions after 17 students and faculty were killed at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland in 2018. NASA has revealed the astronauts that it's chosen out of a large pool of contenders to go to the moon and then eventually to Mars. ABC's Alex Stone has more on the glitzy announcement. Like introducing a sports team. Your Artemis II commander, Reed Wiseman. NASA revealing its final four. Three veteran American astronauts and a Canadian. The team includes Christina Cook, the first woman, and Victor Glover, the first person of color who will eventually step foot on the moon. Vanessa Wyke is director of NASA's Johnson Space Center. Push forward to the moon once again and on to Mars. Artemis 2 is scheduled to do a lunar flyby next year. Artemis 3, an actual landing on the moon. Alex Stone, EBC News. The Saudi Arabian decision to further cut oil production is not being well-received at the White House. ABC's Andy Field is the latest. The Biden administration not planning any retaliation for Saudi Arabia, saying it will cut oil production by half a million barrels a day. But U.S. officials aren't happy. We will constantly look at that as well as any other bilateral relationship. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby saying the Saudis are making a bad decision. The Saudis saying they're cutting oil production because of recent U.S. bank failures as it looks at the economy. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. 
Russian authorities blamed Ukrainian intelligence agencies for orchestrating a bombing at a St. Petersburg cafe that killed a Russian military blogger who supported Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. They also arrested a suspect in the attack Sunday in the heart of Russia's second largest city. Ukrainian authorities did not directly respond to the accusation of involvement, but President Vladimir Zelensky said he doesn't think about events in Russia. A senior Ukrainian official described it as part of Russia's internal turmoil since the war began. The bombing, which wounded more than 30 others, was the latest attack inside of Russia on a high-profile pro-war figure. And it was John Wick versus Dungeons and Dragons at the weekend box office. ABC's Christopher Watson tells us which one won. This is unlike anything we've ever seen. Pundits predicted a horse race for the box office top spot when Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves opened against the second weekend of last week's number one, John Wick Chapter 4. What's trying to kill us this time? But in the end, it wasn't at all close, with D&D bowing with 38.5 million bucks, 71.5 million globally, and John Wick misfiring with $28.2 million. That's a bigger-than-expected 62% tumble. Yeah. Christopher Watson, ABC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.